I'm Kara Morgan. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Coffee with Kira, sponsored by The Human Being in Newport and Lincoln City. And today I am so excited to be here on Yaquina Bay at the beautiful Coast Guard Station with Beth, who is the CEO. Hi. Hey, good morning. Thank you. <laughs> We're so glad to be here with you. First of all, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Well, good morning, and uh, I'm happy to have you here with us this morning. It's been a beautiful morning, obviously a gorgeous sunrise and a great start to our uh, crab opener. Um, but uh, my name is Beth Slade. Um, I've been in the Coast Guard for almost 27 years and currently the commanding officer here. We have an amazing crew. This is my second. There's a repeat tour here at Yaquina Bay. Yay! I was here back in 2007 and I always thought that coming back here would be kind of a dream job and uh, getting to run it, you know, now is a perfect time in my career because I'll probably be going out from Yaquina Bay. Well, we are so happy to have you here. Can you talk a little bit about the Coast Guard and your career and some of the things you do? Um, so I, uh, I joined the Coast Guard back in 1997. Uh, originally, I was going to be joining the Air Force, uh, but uh, my recruiter that I was talking to was gone, and the Coast Guard recruiting office was right <laughs> next door. And uh, I ended up joining that day and went off to boot camp two months later. So, um, And then I only planned on doing four years. Uh, went to Seattle for my first tour and absolutely fell in love with uh, the mission and the people and the camaraderie. Um, and now I've made a full career of it. I spent most of my career up and down Oregon, Washington coast. I did a couple of years down in California at station Golden Gate. I was a CEO there and uh, felt like home coming back up the coast here in Oregon. And this is uh, certainly where our family will end up settling. My husband's in the coast guard. He's running station Coos Bay. So they're busy down there right now with the opener as well. Um, we have three kids, 14, 17 and 19, and they're all living in North Bend. So I uh, uh, have to balance the work life running down there and they come up here often, but uh, it was, it was a good fit to keep them um, in a high school and a place where they can call home now after bouncing around for many years. So let's talk about Station Yaquina Bay. It's seen some changes over the past couple of years. Yes. Let's talk about that. So um, obviously being out here on the coast, um, you know, just infrastructure wise, um, we see a lot of weather and um, that's obviously our buildings are wrapped right now, undergoing some major renovations from water damage and, you know, getting things back up to, you know, good standards for the crew who live here and work here. Um, and just in general, uh, we've seen, you know, this last year, some significant shortages um, just across all military branches, but the Coast Guard and we're we're feeling it here at our units. Um, you know, we've reduced almost our uh, our crew uh, complement by uh, almost 30%. So wow. maintaining that same operational readiness is, you know, a little bit more challenging, um, especially with three boats and a 29 and our assets that we're maintaining and the, the training and the operational missions that go with it. So uh, we've seen some challenges over the last couple of years. Uh, Commandant has made some big changes for us um, to help re-complement our crews, um, taking uh, um, some closures to certain units to help amplify those units that are most uh, likely to see uh, a SAR-heavy um, mission, like out here. 
And there's been the retirement of one of the very special vessels, the Victory. Yes. So uh, I'm a 52 sailor. I absolutely love the 52s. I first certified at Cape Disappointment on the Motor Life Boat mm -hmm. Triumph. And then again at Coos Bay um, on the Intrepid. And obviously my first time here at YB was the, you know, the victory. So I definitely have a love for the platform. I've uh, been out in some of the worst of conditions. And I know that, you know, having a platform of that capabilities um, is essential. So we're definitely feeling the gap here. Um, there's a little bit of uneasiness knowing that uh, a lot of our fleet and the boats that are going to be operating along the Oregon coast exceed even our 47's capabilities. Um, and we always want to make sure we're prepared. I know we're in the beginning stages of uh, acquisition with a potential replacement for our 52, uh, a modern day lifeboat too, which would be mm -hmm. great. Uh, you know, when we're talking about being out for 15 to 20 hours and, you know, some of the worst of the Pacific Northwest conditions, having a resource too that has the crew comforts for that longevity is, is certainly essential. And you work closely with the other Coast Guard, obviously with Coos Bay, but, <laughs> <laughs> but there's uh, just a hop, skip and a jump north um, mm -hmm. station, Depot Bay. Yes, we have a, um, a really great relationship with Depot Bay. Uh, obviously, uh, most of their fleet uh, is staying inside the harbor during the winter months and having them come down and do joint training with us so they maintain their, you know, proficiency and uh, we certainly cover each other's AOR often. Um, if we get now anybody, what's AOR? Our area of responsibility. <laughs> I apologize. Acronyms are like very fluid for us. I know. <laughs> um, but our area of responsibility, obviously, uh, we share a boundary line just north of Beverly Beach, um, Spencer Creek area there. And um, a lot of times, if we've got you know our fleet, our fishing boats that you know have trouble up in their AOR, they'll respond and then bring them down obviously to here. And let's talk a little bit about safety. As you mentioned, this is the opening of crab season. Um, let's talk about how the Coast Guard is ready to help. Well, we, uh, you know, we start planning early on when we know that crab season is coming into play. One is part of our just training regiment, making sure that, you know, we're, we're conducting numerous exercises to make sure our crews are proficient with towing or any type of casualty that we might see out there, um, doing really good uh, inspects of our boats, making sure that they're, you know, obviously fully mission capable, um, that we're not degradation in our, our capabilities. So our boats are ready, our crews are ready, and then just getting the pulse of the fleet and how things are going. Um, you know, like the buildup for this opener, you know, we weren't sure if the, everyone's gonna be moving uh, some last night and this morning. Um, based on prices and, mm -hmm. and even just crab quality. Um, those are things that we sort of uh, pay attention to heavily so we can prepare the crew, especially as we get into the holiday season too. And, you know, Pacific Northwest, Oregon coast, it's rainy. It's sometimes crappy weather. A lot of these kids that we've got are far away from their, their family and homes mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to maintain, you know, their, their morale and, and, in fact, as an opener comes, this is something that the crew's excited for, not for any um, casualties to be out on the water, but just knowing that there's an uptick of people out on the water and, you know, a heightened awareness and a sense of, you know, responsibility and, and belonging with the community. 
And let's talk a little bit more about safety. And that is you guys don't just help out when it comes to the safety of fishermen and out on the water, but quite often, and especially as we're in the high tide, king tide mm -hmm. <laughs> season, uh, folks get stranded on rocks and beaches and yes. you guys are right there to help out with the local emergency crews, right? Yes, yes. I think last Friday they had some up north Depot mm -hmm. Bay was responding to. Um, but that happens and obviously we're we uh you know we put out our broadcast you know just for awareness of what's going on in the bars but we're always very aware of you know we have those bigger bigger seas bigger periods what our beaches might look like and if we have a lot more activity on the beach we just it's a heightened awareness that we know there's a potential for something to happen in a response um you know every day when our crews come on duty and they go through who's got which boat. We always man two boat crews. So we have a backup boat with us if we're responding. Um, but we also cover weather, tides, everything for forecast for the next two-day duty period that they're on. So that when those calls come in, they already have a pretty good idea of exactly what everything looks like out on the coastline. And they're ready to go. Um, so there's a lot of uh, constant planning and preparation and risk management that goes into just starting the day and then actually leaving the dock on a boat. And you still have the helicopter. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. The helo. The helo <laughs> <laughs> from North Bend. Yep, at the air stay. And that's an integral part of your mission and what you do in helping out using that, that yes. helicopter. It's invaluable, mm -hmm. would you say? It is, yes. A lot of times they can, depending on location, they will be our first resource on scene. Um, to at least provide immediate action before we're able to get there. Um, so we rely heavily on them, not only for the response, but even for our coverage. You know, when we're crossing the bar mm -hmm. and it's really big, uh, a lot of times they'll come in and if it's at nighttime, help light up the bar with the spotlights as well. Oh, um, that's got to be mm -hmm. really helpful. Yes. It's not like there's streetlights out, no. <laughs> no. out on the ocean. And at nighttime, it looks a lot different. It's a little bit more intimidating than, than I during can the imagine. day. Um, all right. And let's talk about how the community can support Station Yukona Bay and the Coast Guard. I think the continued support for us is um, just maintaining some good communication with us. Um, we're always uh, available on the radio if, you know, mariners have questions about conditions out there. Um, you know, I would welcome... Um, Anybody that wants to come by and visit and have a cup of coffee and, <laughs> and talk about because the, the boaters education and that, that is actually what helps prevent us from having to go and do a lot of responses, mm -hmm. just educating boaters on conditions, tides, and, and to just call. And it's okay to call. We're, that's why we're here is to help educate. And the importance of wearing a life jacket. Can we talk a little bit about that? That is imperative. And I know that there's some work that's being done to kind of make the life jackets more comfortable and mm -hmm. more uh, hopefully wearable, making them like actual jackets yes. or um, sweatshirts or T-shirts, mm -hmm. things like that, um, that have that flotation in them that when they get wet. Um, can you talk a little bit about yes. that? Um, one, yes, a good plug to please always <laughs> wear your life jacket. And especially when you're crossing the bar, anytime, you know, you have reservations or you're in an area that you're unfamiliar with, better safe than sorry, put it on. 
um, if you're not wearing it all the time, which I would highly recommend. <laughs> but yes, the, the comforts of some of the new build of life jackets is pretty amazing. Um, so when it comes to comfort, I don't think that that's the excuse that people should have. And uh, salt activated, I mean, they don't have to be inflated all the time, but should they, you know, you end up in the water, then they'll be activated and they will save your life. Um, so get out and get your life jacket and make sure you got it on. Is it a realistic expectation that in an emergency you'd have time to reach underneath a seat no. and get in a, a life jacket and help others? No, and... because people panic. People, I mean, when you're in a situation where, you know, you're scared and you're not thinking clearly, so just be proactive and, and take those preventative measures ahead of time instead of trying to rely on your instincts on the reactive side of things. Well, and the water here uh, is very cold. Very cold. And if you think about it, the first thing you do, if, if I were to take a cold glass of water and splash it in your face, your first instinct is to gasp. Yes. And when you're in the water and you gasp, you're inhaling the water, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, that and, um, you know, trying to lessen your motion in the water. I mean, if you don't have a PFD on, then you're exhausting your your body's resources. Um, when you're talking about hypothermia, you need to preserve those resources and, and try and keep in a, a very minimal movement state until um, we can get on scene or resources are available to assist. All right. Um, anything else you can think of that you'd like to share? <laughs> no, it's been great. I mean, it's a great morning, you know, for December out here for crab opener. This has been amazing weather. Coffee. Um, I, I appreciate you guys being here and I look forward to a, you know, a safe and successful crab season for all of our community. And we are here, you know, if anybody needs anything, we're always here. Uh, so can you give, a, a, do you have like a website, Facebook page somewhere people can go to get, for instance, tide information or weather information? Yes, we do. Um, well, our, our main Go Coast Guard page, but we've got our District 13 page that actually has all the, um, all the links for every single bar broadcast and bar pamphlets so everyone can see what our regulated navigation areas are. Um, it also shows an updated one screenshot from National Weather Service with current bar uh, conditions with restrictions. Um, yeah, the, the Coast Guard District 13 webpage has got it all. All right. Thank you so much You're for welcome. joining me today on this beautiful morning. Thank you for everything that you do and to your crews. Um, thanks for keeping our community, our fishermen, and our citizens safe. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And if you liked what you see, be sure to like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. <laughs> I'm Kira Morgan. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Coffee with Kira. Again, we're sponsored by The Human Being in Newport at 6th Street and Highway 101 and in Lincoln City at the north end of the highway. And they are located next to TLC Credit Union. Reporting for Coffee with Kira, I'm Kira Morgan. <laughs>